Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Shane Barker and I'm back with the Marketing Growth Podcast. Today I'm happy to welcome Jordan Erskine, who is an Inc. 500 entrepreneur and also the co-founder of Dynamic Blending, which is a lead contract manufacturing company that creates skincare products. On today's episode, we're going to talk about disrupting a traditional industry the right way and how Jordan did the same with the cosmetic manufacturing industry. Meanwhile, if you're looking for ways to get exposure for your products and services, feel free to reach out to me for results-driven digital marketing campaigns. Check out my website, shanebarker.com, that's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com to see what we have to offer when it comes to SEO, content marketing, online PR, and influencer marketing. Jordan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good. How's it going, Shane? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I'm, I was telling you this actually before we even jumped on. I'm excited to, to have you on here. You're a little different than the, than the typical guests that we have. But um, mm-hmm. but in a good way, in a good way. I think the audience is going to love this one. You've you've got uh, quite the background. I was kind of joking around a little bit. People can't <laughs> see you, um, but I was looking. You look. You know, we talked about 18, 19 years of experience and what you've been doing. We'll go into that here in a second. And I'm like, yeah. you don't look like you probably. You look like you're in your 20s or something. So I don't know if you started when you were seven <laughs> or eight or, like I said, it was kind of yeah. giving you a hard time. But kind of like I, I got. I feel like once again, either a you use all your products and it's the reason why you look like you do, which is, which is a good thing. That'll come in handy in the next 15, 20 years. Um, right. But anyways, I'm excited about it. So I figure what we usually do is before we jump in and, and kind of talk about all the, all the fun stuff is I want to get to know you a little bit as an individual, like who is, who is Jordan? We always, I joke around that you're probably Jordan 2.0 or 3.0. Let's talk about Jordan 1.0. Let's, let's go back yeah. a little bit. So uh, sure. where did you, where did you grow up, man? So I grew up in uh, Sandy, Utah which is just kind of in the metropolitan Salt Lake City area for those who've never been to Utah, Salt Lake. Yeah, you know, you're not, do you, have you ever heard of Sigurd, Utah? Uh, what, Utah? It's called Sigurd. Sigurd? No, I haven't. That's exactly it. That's where I was born. That's the reason why I don't tell a lot of people because <laughs> everybody's like, we've never, never heard of Sigurd. And there's like, I think there's like- That's crazy. Yeah, there. I think there was like <laughs> nine people, not really. I think there's probably, there's hundreds of people there now. But yeah, that's that's actually where yeah. I was born. I was- in California, we went back to go see my dad. And that's where my dad was, well, originally in Sacramento, but moved back there. My mom was there for about two weeks and says, all right, this is not hippie California. So then we ended up moving back and you know, the rest is history. But so so how big <laughs> how big was your family growing up? How big was what? Your family. Uh, my family. So I had uh, three siblings with me. So we have four kids in my family, um, two brothers. I was kind of in the middle and then a younger sister. Gotcha. So you're always looking out for your little sister, make sure nobody yep. messed with her and stuff like, yeah, yeah, that was the goal. Yeah. You gotta, we, we know how guys are. So, you know, you got to protect the little sister, but she's probably doing good now. I'm sure she's probably happy that you protected her all through her life up to this point. <laughs> any, any fun, interesting facts growing up, anything, you know, that would be like, Hey, this is a little something out of the ordinary, anything fun. I mean, you know, it, you know, one thing about me that's kind of funny is like, you know, growing up high school, like I never took school or anything seriously. You know, so uh, like Utah, um, you know, I, I'm passionate about snowboarding. Like, you know, I was the kid who slept school and, and went snowboarding, you know, like that's what me and my friends did. And so, uh, you know, uh, we grew up kind of in the Mecca of where like freestyle snowboarding and like urban snowboarding started. So when we slept school, it was kind of cool. We'd always see the pros out there filming and stuff like that. And so we buy all their videos and things like that. So that's kind of like how I grew up. I, I wasn't really in academia or anything like that, you know, that's awesome. until after, after high school and all that. 
I love that. And that's part of the reason why I ask these types of questions is because I always want to know, you know, like in the same thing, we'll talk about that in a second, but different, different, like where you grew up and, and, you know, what right. college you went to, because it's always that story is always the intriguing part to me. And I think it's always, it helps to kind of set that foundation for, you know, what we're going to be talking about. So are you still in, in Sandy, Utah? Or where do you live now? Yeah, so I live in Draper, which is the city kind of bordering, but still obviously within the Salt Lake Valley, it's it's growing massively, you know, the, the Salt Lake City Valley. So yeah. I went to I went to a, a retreat. This was about a month ago. It was actually the first time out since COVID. It was kind of a crazy little deal just because, of, you know, like I didn't know, like I used to be on planes all the time. All of a sudden I'm on a plane with, you know, everybody's all masked yeah. up and it was kind of interesting. But um, I have a buddy of mine that lives out in Salt Lake and he loves it, man. He couldn't say enough good things about it. He was like, man, this, and I think you were probably, probably should be telling people that because I know people are going to move there now. I mean, it's like, we're losing <laughs> people sure. in California at like record yeah. rates and everybody else in all the other states are like in Tennessee and other friends are like, we love you, Shane, but don't come here. Nothing personal. We just want you to stay in California. And I'm like, all right, I right. won't take that too personally. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, yeah. So where funny. did you, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. One of those things. Where did you, where did you go to college? You go to college in Utah? Uh, yeah, so I went to University of Phoenix. They have a couple of local campuses um, up here in Salt Lake. So I did night classes for about almost three years while I was kind of, you know, working in the manufacturing environment, getting my experience there. I just didn't want to not work, you know, I wanted to get yeah. that experience and things like that, you know, and so it was already hard enough, you know, getting the student loans that I did get and then paying those off later. So um, yeah, so I did night classes at University of Phoenix. And then right after that, I knew if I didn't continue and get an MBA, then I probably would never go back to school and, you know, have kids with the wife and everything like that. So I jumped right in, did an online MBA at Northeastern University um, out of Boston. Yeah. And that was a really cool experience. Um, and actually flew to China, met my class out there and did a whole like MBA presentation in, in China with my class, you know, in Hong Kong and Beijing and stuff like that. So that was pretty fun. So you flew out to China, to Hong Kong to do your like final presentation? Yeah. Yeah. So I met about 40 other classmates from like Boston, New York area, and, and that were part of my online program and met them out there. And we just kind of toured through China and did our stuff together. It was, it was really cool. That is awesome. Man. That is awesome. You know, it's fun. so funny. I don't have my MBA, but I've like talked about going back and doing the online thing. And I've got a number of universities that I've been looking at um, and I, once again, I, I think that may, yours sounds pretty interesting. I, I would not mind going yep. to China or going to some other place to go and, <laughs> and do my final project. Like that does not sound right. bad to me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a traveler. So this last year, year and a half For of sure. not traveling, no speaking events, no nothing, um, at least, you know, on stage has been, has been trying to say the least, but, um, all right, I'll have to look into that. I'll have to look into that. And so what was your, um, so obviously so you graduated, got your MBA. So what was your first job out of college where you already, you already kind of knee deep in manufacturing, huh? Well, straight out of high school, I started working for a contract manufacturer, um, that, that manufactured cosmetics, skincare, you know, a guy that lived a couple streets away from me, started this business and just kind of mentioned, you know, uh, at the time, I think I was working like, you know, the mall at pretzel time or something like that, you know, just somewhere dumb. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, I jumped on the opportunity. Obviously the parents are kind of like, you know, this is good, you need to do this, you know, leave, you know, this is time for you to start your career. So it was really cool though, cause I jumped right in. I started learning how to formulate cosmetics and skincare. I worked in, you know, large scale batching and, and project management and inventory control. I mean, everything. Um, I worked there about six years and, you know, again, doing the night classes to get, to get my, uh, my undergrad. Um, from University of Phoenix and then 
Um, after about six years, I left there and went straight to another contract manufacturer that manufactured um, like oral care products. A lot of the mm -hmm. large like toothpaste brands you see in all the in all the WalMarts and Targets and, and everything like that. Um, and we were running about five million tubes a month of of toothpaste, so quite a bit. Um, and um, you know, just uh, you know, wanted to start my own thing. I worked there about nine years, and so I, you know, it wasn't really after college. You know, what kind of, you know, I kind of was working hard through. You were knee deep, you know, just toughing it yeah. out. Didn't have kids yet. You know, me and my wife were smart. We're like, we know we need to get school done, or else it's never going to happen. Yeah, and we did, and it's worked out. So, so this is, and this is what I want to talk about because I, knowing your history, and and this is the reason we reach out to you for the interview is like, I want to talk to you about disrupting a traditional industry, right? Which is obviously not easy to do, um, in because historically, obviously, a lot of things are done a certain way, and then to go in and disrupt something, and that's why I want to talk about the um, dynamic blending, right? I want to talk about because yeah. your history of hey, you started this, you were you know going to school, you were obviously working for these manufacturers that were manufacturing cosmetic products, um, and just you kind of stumbled upon that a neighbor that says hey, this is what I'm doing, and said hey, let's check it out. So talk to me a little bit like why you guys started, like when you jumped off and did it on your own, like what what was the premise behind that? Yeah, definitely. So. Like I said, I was working for the, you know, the other contract manufacturer, um, you know, manufacturing large quantities of toothpaste. I had like 80 people reporting to me or something like that. Had an MBA, had like $150,000 in student loan debt. You know, mm. we were, I mean, me and my wife, we were paying about $1,200 a month nice. for all of our degrees. And, you know, I, I wasn't even cracking like 90,000 a year salary. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of drowning and you know with my knowledge and and the few connections i had at the time you know a light bulb just kind of went off it's like well there's all these manufacturers that just support these large clients but who supports the small clients or who supports the small businesses or, or the startups nobody there there was no such thing really or it was really hard or people were doing it themselves and so that's kind of how we got the idea like a light bulb went off like we've got the knowledge we've got the expertise like let's build a full turnkey manufacturing system that you know people can come to us with an idea and they can leave with a product that's branded ready for you know target ulta wherever amazon and that's what we've created you know in a very short amount of time um, yeah I, that's what I loved about it like from like I said looking into the company and what you guys have done you guys are really turnkey Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like literally you can come with a concept and an idea and a logo. And by the end of that, your graphic design, you can have the blend put together. And it really doesn't yeah. get any better with regards to the, the experience you guys have and what you guys have put together. So what were some of the like some of the major challenges um, when, when starting the company? Oh, geez. I mean, financial challenges, you know, I mean, <laughs> dynamic blending. Um, you know, not a lot of people realize this, but dynamic blending we started with a $156,000 investment that's it I mean even crazy time, we've never brought in any private equity we've never brought in VC money and so that's just kind of you know the importance of the experience and understanding the industry to a T and knowing where to you know save and, and things like that and and not need money and and because of it me and my partner Gavin have been able to retain majority control with no outside influence and we still run the show every day. And yeah. so, you know, that that's really, really challenging to get to that point, you know? And um, yeah, so. Never, 
Never an easy task, man. I mean, usually yeah. that's always the hardest part is like, hey, we want to grow this thing, but it's about being frugal and, and not spending too much money, especially when you're not getting capital. When you get capital, great, then your burn rate can go up and not that you don't care, but it's like, you know, you have somebody else's money. It's a lot easier to go. You don't look at things maybe necessarily as closely as you should. Um, I do love that. I love the bootstrapping effect and, and what can happen yeah. there. And obviously you guys have built this thing up to a huge company. Um so, I mean, in, you know, in talking about like that journey for the growth and what, what you guys have built, I mean, how long have you guys been around? Let me talk, let's talk about that real quick. You guys have been around for. Yeah. So, so we, we kind of first started like consulting, formulating, not really that serious. Like that was when the business was registered. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But we really jumped into like that full turnkey, full blown manufacturing from start to finish in about 20, in 2017. Wow. Um, you know, so we were building, building, you know, building our brand and, and all that, you know, processes, all that up to 2017 for when we kind of actually started manufacturing. Um, so really not that long in the manufacturing side, it's been four years, you know, that's crazy. We've grown that much. So, yeah, well, you guys have a long history of, of doing it though. It just is the company exactly. that you guys are having that, you know, you had the history. Now you just said, Hey, now what we're doing is looking to make this thing full turnkey, which I think is really interesting, especially with influencers and things that are going on these days is like, you can have a product up and going, you got a hot market there. Right. And especially yep. when, exactly. you know, I think your, your biggest selling point is that you guys will, you know, you don't have to have 50,000 minimums, right. Or a hundred thousand minimums where we all understand that's a huge upfront cost. And then you got to figure those kind of things out. You guys are saying, Hey, we'll take care of the, you know, small, medium sized businesses. Cause you never know who's going to take off. Right. There's yeah. so many different well, opportunities for that. So I love that. Yeah, definitely. And we, we've talked to large brands. I mean, fortune 500 brands that love the concept of launching, you know, small quantities in certain markets just to test certain things because they don't get that with any other manufacturer they're working with because they're all set up to do millions and millions of units, right? So, you know, there, there's still a need, but, you know, we still service the, the larger clients as well, you know, because of our expertise and the way we have our processes set up, you know, we can kind of service, but be picky and choosy at the same time with who we service, you know? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So what, I mean, what helped you guys disrupt an otherwise traditional industry? Like, what did you guys, at what point, I mean, what was that thing when you guys are going through this journey and you said, wow, I'm, I'm, this is the right way to go. And this is, you know, this is making total sense now. It's like, what, what point was that? Yeah. I mean, you know, just backing up a little bit, like a little bit about me again, you know, growing up, I wasn't in academia, but you know, <laughs> over the years, like after I started like, you know, getting into the career of manufacturing and things like that, I started getting, I guess, smarter about, you know, adding more tools to my tool bag, you know? So for example, I had a partner um, that was really, really good at web design and SEO. So I made him teach me for years and, and we learned and we actually started a business together. It was really, really fun, but you have to be willing to put that time in. And th that was nights and weekends for years, learning how to web design and SEO. But now if you search dynamic blending, we're at the top and we haven't paid for ads for years. And there's a reason because, you know, you just have to be hungry like that to, you know, coming from my background of manufacturing, like I knew nothing about marketing, right? But I made myself submerge myself right into it so that I could keep up with these brands that we're talking to and, and our own brand as a company because no one's ever done what we're doing as far as branding dynamic blending, you know? So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. 
No, it makes total sense. I, I think, you know, it's yeah. funny we're, we haven't even, we're, you know, 20 minutes into this thing. And, and what I love <laughs> is you're already talking about, it's like, it's the grind, man. Like you, it's don't yeah. expect, you're not going to be an overnight success. You're like, Hey, I was working yeah. full time and my wife was working full time. We we're both going to school and it was hard and we got loans and we did this. Like it's that, it's that traditional, that typical entrepreneur and that, that spirit of like, Hey, like don't, don't expect to, you know, these days people are like, Oh, how do I get, you know, how do I get abs in seven seconds? It's like, that's just not realistic. Like, right. At the end right. of the day, it's like, you got to put in the time and, and put in the work. And I think you're somebody that, and you don't have to be, you know, Mr. 4.0 in, in high school. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing is you don't, that's what I no. love about that story is because great. Some people are, and that's awesome, but then some people yeah. aren't right. And it just talks about if you put in hard work, then good things can happen. And so I think you're a, you know, you're a, a phenomenal example of that. So what I want to ask you too, is like, do you have any tips for entrepreneurs who are looking to, you know, once again, looking to be business disruptors? Like, obviously you've done that in your industry other than the, I mean, obviously grind hard. Cause I know that's going to be probably number one, right? Just the, the work you put in is the work that you can get out of it, but any other tips for entrepreneurs that are listening? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, stay humble and realize what you don't know. Um, you know, it's important to ask for help. And even if there's, you know, partnership opportunities to help grow your startup or whatever situation you're in, um, you know, it's really important to, to find help if you don't know what you're doing or figure out how to do it yourself, you know, and make sure that you become an expert at it. I think that's the biggest thing because I feel like some people, you know, I, I ran into people that, you know, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, but there's no passion. You can kind of tell like, you know, and, and it's not a measurement game by any means, right? It's not a, I, I do more companies than you or anything like that, but it's a measure of success, right? Like everybody can be an entrepreneur, but if you have 30 companies that you've been running for 10 years and none of them are, are successful, then what's the problem, yeah. right? Yeah, but if absolutely. you can start, you know, five companies in five years and they're all turning profits and they're all successful and you're going in every day to the office, like that's passion. That's, you know, that's the grind, like you were saying, so... I think uh, you have, if you don't have that, you got to find it because <laughs> that's what yeah. it takes. Well, I think that's really, that's the key to the whole thing is like, it's, you have to, you know, be passionate about what you're doing. Right. And, and that's the thing is anybody can call themselves an entrepreneur, which I think it's become, it's the same thing we hear in real estate. People are like, Oh, I'm a real estate investor. It's like, okay, you bought a house. You're not necessarily a real estate investor. Right. Like, let's be very careful. You're right. an entrepreneur. Yes. You have a logo and you have a website, right? but you haven't right. driven sales. Like let's like, there's a differentiator there and not say that, you know, we all started there. We had a logo and a website and didn't make any money. And you were the same way, right? Like we all started right. somewhere. So that's, there's not yep. anything bad to be said about that, but be careful on the titles that you're using, right? Because <laughs> you got to figure out what's going on there. And I, I love the fact of, and this took me a long time to realize is what am I great at? What am I phenomenal at? And where do I suck and need help, right? And do I take that on myself or do I have, make it so I have people around me that are smarter in those areas? So like you said, your first business partner, like he was great at website and SEOs. Guess what you said? How can I learn from you, right? And that's really the key to this thing is, once again, yeah. having people around you that are smarter, either A, so you can learn or, you know, so you can at least grow your company with people that, you know, that are phenomenal. So I love yeah. that. I think, yeah, and, even, you know, and even, you know, another important part is, is, you know, my other current partner at Dynamic Blending, um, Gavin, he's an attorney, right? So that obviously helps because he's, mm. he's a very good attorney and he's not a, a paper attorney, right? Like he's litigated in court. So like, he's got a backbone, he's got thick skin and he also has that business side. So like having that is huge, you know, for any business. 
um, but more in manufacturing when you're working with agreements and customer supply agreements and just, you know, all that type of stuff. So, um, you know, finding those key 18 people as well is, is extremely important. Yeah. Never bad to have an attorney on the team. That's a partner. Last time I checked, right. it's never a bad deal. I, I had an old business of mine that I had a, one of my partners was an attorney and it would, it was nice because you're not paying three, 400 bucks an hour for, you know, any, anything you're, you're creating when it comes to documents and stuff like that. Thanks listeners for joining us today. Now you know what it takes to become an awesome entrepreneur and how you can streamline your passion to make it big in a particular industry. On my next episode, we'll talk about how improving your value proposition and why it is important for your business. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the Marketing Growth Podcast to stay updated about my latest conversations with top marketing experts. 